Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. episode that I will do a specific episode dedicated to Norse mythology and I'm going to keep that promise so sit back relax and enjoy a history of Norse mythology now Norse mythology is very cool and very interesting you know we've read stories and heard stories from our times in school and uh in pop culture of Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Egyptian mythology, and recently Norse mythology has been gaining a little bit more traction, especially since the 80s when Norse paganism has started to come on the rise here in the States and around the world. We're starting to see more people adjust to the pagan rituals of old during the Viking Age, and now we're starting to see it more in pop culture. Like I said in the last one, Vikings, The Last Kingdom, God of War video games, um, it's just starting to gain some traction. And then now the MCU has Thor and Odin and all of them in their movies. Granted, they came before in comics, but comics, unfortunately, are not as popular as the movies, which is really sad because the comics are awesome. But there is a huge difference between MCU Norse mythology and the real Norse mythology. For starters, Thor is not how you would imagine him. Thor is not a beautiful, blonde, skinny buff golden boy. He's a large man. He is described as a man of considerable girth with a bushy beard, red hair, and carrying a hammer around. The dude enjoyed his ale and he enjoyed his food. If you want a perfect depiction of what Thor might look like, look at one of his friends that was in the Thor movie, one of the Warriors 3, the big guy that was always eating, that's a better description of what Thor actually looks like when you're looking at the old stories of the gods. 
Loki is pretty spot on. That one's pretty good. Odin as well. But I'm not going to talk about the MCU Norse mythology. I'm going to talk about the real Norse mythology. So, I'm going to read you some pieces from a book called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. This is one of the better books to read if you want to gain a generalization of what Norse mythology is. There are plenty of other books out there, and I encourage you to read them because they are so fun. The myths and the stories and the people are just so great. They make it more relatable to us. You know, these aren't... Granted, these are all gods and goddesses, and they are very powerful, but they the way they are written in these stories is that... They suffer from, you know, human problems. They all have their issues here and there, and they have to try and solve them in however way they see fit. They're not perfect. They all have their faults. You know, Odin isn't this great person. You know, he has his issues. Loki has his issues. Thor has his issues, mainly pride. But regardless... They all have their issues, and they all work together to try and fix these issues. And I'm going to get into details about some of them. I'm going to share some stories with you from different sto from different books. So I hope you enjoy. Here's an excerpt from the book by Neil Gaiman. Before the beginning, there was nothing. No earth, no heavens, no stars, no sky. Only the mist world, formless and shapeless, and the fire world, always burning. To the north was Niflheim. The dark world. Here, elven poisonous rivers cut through the mist, each springing from the same well at the center of it all. The roaring maelstrom called Vergamir. Niflheim was colder than cold, and the murky mist that cloaked everything hung heavily. The skies were hidden by mist, and the ground was clouded by the chilly fog. And there was a piece of this part between these different worlds that was gapless. It was emptiness. And in that emptiness was a being, neither male nor female, and its name was Emir, Y-M-I-R. Emir was not the only living thing to be formed from the melting of the ice. There was also a hornless cow, more enormous than the mind could hold. She licked the salty blocks of ice for food and for drink, and the milk that ran from her four udders flowed like rivers. It was this milk that nourished Emir. Emir slept, and while it slept, it gave birth. A male and a female giant were born from beneath Emir's left arm, a six-headed giant born from its legs. From these, Emir's children, all giants are descended. The cow's pink tongue licked people from the blocks of ice. The first day, only a man's hair, the second, his head, and the third day, the shape of a whole man was re revealed. This was Buri, the ancestor of the gods. Buri took a wife from among these giants, and they had a son, whom they called Bor. Bor married Bessela, daughter of a giant, and together they had three sons, Odin, Vili, and Bey. Now, Odin, Vili, and Bey, they looked out across this emptiness, this gapless space, and they thought nothing was going to save them from this, so they had to take it into their own hands. They wanted to create life. They wanted to escape this and create a world. So the three of them decided there was only one thing they could do. They had to kill the beast, Ymir. So they killed him. An unimaginable amount of blood spilled from him, created land. His flesh created earth, water, everything that we know was created from the body of Emir. Then it just carries on from there, explaining the beginning of time and the, how the gods came to be and such. 
but I don't I don't want to go too far into that. You know, I want to try and explain this a little bit more down to my style rather than just reading from the book. I encourage you to read the book yourself. It's really cool. So there were two different types of gods that resided in Asgard. There were the Aesir and the Vanir. Now the Aesir were more of your warlike gods, you know, Odin, Thor, those were the Aesir. Now the Vanir, they were more of a peaceful people. Consider them like farmers and such. So you would have Frey and Freya, the twins, they were Vanir. Now there was a huge war between the Aesir and the Vanir, and the Aesir succeeded, and they created a sort of coalition with the Vanir, and then Freya and Frey, Freya was gifted to Odin to like keep the peace or whatever, so she was his kind of like unspoken wife, not really a wife, but she was there. So she was sent to Asgard to reside with Odin, and then Frey followed suit. Now there was also Loki, there was Tyr, Thor, Baldur, Sif, Skadi, a few other people. I'm not going to go into detail about all the gods. There's so many of them. Here's a really fun story for you. So like I said before, these gods dealed with regular normal day things as normal for them. But for us, you know, it kind of looks like, you know, typical things that would happen on like a Friday night. So one of them, Thor awakens from his sleep. He was married to Sif and he woke up one morning and his hammer was gone. He was pissed. And the only person he thought that could have done this was Loki because Loki was the god of mischief. He was always up to something, and he was always fucking with the gods. So, he confronted Loki and said, Where the fuck is my hammer, dude? And Loki's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I didn't I didn't take no hammer. He's like, I know you took my hammer, and I want you to get it back now. And he's like, okay, I didn't take your hammer, but I'll see what I can do. So he flies off to the land of the giants, right? He's, he's over there, and he comes down to this ogre. And he was like, hey, so... Thor knows his hammer's gone, and he told me that he would kill me if I didn't get it back, so I'm going to need his hammer back. And this ogre was like, no, you gave it to me, I'm not giving it back, unless it's for a price. Loki's like, okay, like, what's your price, or why can't I just go get it? And he was like, well, for starters, it's at a place that no god can reach. It's buried too deep, you can't get it. And if you do want it back, here's what I want in return. I want... Freya's hand in marriage, and I want the sun and the moon. If you can't give me those three things, you're not getting the hammer back. So Loki's like, okay, I will take Asgard your message, and I will let them know. So he goes back, and Thor's like, where the fuck is my hammer, Loki? Loki's like, don't worry. He just asked for, you know, a small little payment. He wants Freya's hand in marriage, and he wants the sun and the moon. And Thor was like, Freya. Get Freya. We're giving this ogre Freya. And she was like, the hell you are? I'm not going to go get married to some fucking ogre for your stupid hammer. And he was like, it's not a stupid hammer. It's my hammer. The hammer that protects us and protects Midgard. Okay? Everyone's like, okay, okay, we, we need to settle down. We need to settle down. We need to figure this out. So all the gods sit down, minus Freya, because she's pissed off that, you know, they would even consider giving her to this ogre. And they're all trying to figure it out, you know. Maybe we pay him some other way. Maybe we just kill Loki and then go kill them. You know, blah, 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 blah. Trying to figure this out. Meanwhile, Heimdall, the watchful god, is sitting there just 
biding his time, you know, just imagine him just sitting there kind of arms crossed, just listening to everybody. And Odin stops and says, Heimdall, what say you? You see a lot of things happen. What, what do you think we should do? And Heimdall says, I don't think you're going to like my answer. And Thor is like, I don't give a shit. Tell me what the fuck we need to do to get my hammer back. And Heimdall said, you pretend to be Freya. And Thor said, you're right. That's a stupid idea. I don't like that. And Loki's like, wait, 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 wait. Let's hear this out. What do you mean he pretends to be Freya? Heimdall says, I think we should dress up Thor as Freya and tell the ogre that it's Freya. Okay. Then what? Well, then he thinks that he has Freya, and then once they're married, then he can get the hammer back and then reveal that he is Thor and everything will be good and dandy. And Thor's like, you're right, that is a terrible idea. And Odin said, too bad. You and Loki are doing it. And Loki's like, wait, what, me? Well, yeah, you're the one that got us into this mess, so you're going to be a part of it. You can dress up as his handmaid. Oh, lovely. So they dress Thor up into this beautiful gown, and they make him look really pretty. Loki can shapeshift, so he just shapeshifts into a, you know, mild-mannered woman. So they travel to this land of the ogres, and Loki presents Thor as Lady Freya, and says, here is... Freya, she is here to marry you, and we would like the hammer back. And he's like, and the ogre says, you're not going to get the hammer until after we are wed. Okay? Okay. Let's get on with the ceremony and party. Woohoo! So they're all sitting around the table. There's ogres, there's giants, there's other people just sitting around. You know, they're all having a great time. Thor's sitting there, you know, all dressed up in this wedding garb. His face is hidden, and, you know, you can't really see anything but his eyes. And so... They're all sitting there, and the food comes, and Thor just starts throwing food back. Like, he's just stuffing his face. And the ogre's like, wow, you got quite an appetite on you, don't you? And Thor, just imagine him doing a fake voice. It's just like, mm-hmm. yes, um, it, it's because I starved myself to get into this, you know, beautiful figure that you see before you. Oh, okay, I like that, I like that. I see that you were very happy to be with me. Okay, cool drinks come Thor's throwing him back like none other and lets out a loud belch and the ogre's like wow that wasn't very ladylike of you was it oh excuse me I just you know so I just get a little gassy when I'm excited sorry oh okay yeah I see that you're excited I appreciate that and then the ogre tries to cop a feel on Thor by like grabbing his thigh and Thor like grabs the ogre's hand and throws it away from him and then he like hurts his hand and he was like wow you got a hell of a grip on you and it's like oh it's just all of this built up pressure of love that I have towards you that's that's the only reason you know I don't know my own strength sometimes when I'm happy and he was like oh oh yeah I understand that yeah totally but he's he's getting a little weary but anyways they have the ceremony Thor officially gets married to this ogre and then once it's done the ogre gives him the hammer and then he says what up bitches i'm thor thanks for my hammer and lays waste to everybody kills everybody meanwhile loki's just sitting there you know just imagine him just like biting his nails just like waiting for thor to finish up and that's it they go back home thor kind of beats the crap out of loki no big deal everything's done now another story Loki really, really shits the bed in this one. So, a traveler comes to Asgard and notices that there isn't a very high wall around Asgard. And he presents his case to the gods and says, 
I believe that you are susceptible, susceptible to a horrible attack from the Jotuns, the Giants. And I think I can build you a wall that can stop anything from ever attacking you. You become impenetrable. And everyone's a little weary. They're like, uh, I think we're good. And Loki's just like, ooh, do tell more. What do you have to say about this wall? And everyone's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, yes, I can build this wall. And I can build it faster than any builder in all the nine realms. Uh, yeah, okay, that's okay, that's cool. And Loki's like, ooh, I bet you can't. I bet you, you can't build it in a hundred days with nothing but you and your horse out there. And everyone's like, dude, what the fuck? Why are you doing this? So the guy's like, if I build this wall in a hundred days with nothing but me and my horse, you owe me the sun and the moon and Lady Freya. It's always Freya. Poor Freya. I mean, she's supposed to be the most beautiful woman in all the nine realms. So it's obviously, but it's just like, come on, man. Can't she get a fucking break? So he's like, I want the sun. I want the moon, and I want Freya. And everyone's like, this is fucking, no! Hell no, we're not gonna do that. And Loki says, deal. And the guy's like, alright, done. Everyone's like, what the fuck, Loki? And Loki's like, dude, guys, come on. He's not gonna finish it in a hundred days. And whatever he doesn't finish, we'll just finish the rest of it. He'll build most of the wall for us, and then we can just finish it on top of that. It's a foolproof plan. There's no way he's gonna be able to do it. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense, but, oh, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. But your ass is on this one for it. Hey, hey, guys, don't worry about it, all right? Whatever he doesn't finish, we'll just finish for him, okay? No harm, no foul. Freya, chill. You don't have to get married. I know I tried selling you off like four times, but you'll be good. Imagine like two weeks goes by and a quarter of the wall is done. People are a little weary about this. They're like, yeah, he's he's getting a lot done, you know. This for just one guy and one horse. Like this is this is looking really good. And Loki's like, no, there's there's no way. There's no way. So they go down there. They talk to him, and they're like, you're not getting any extra help with this, right? Like the deal is that it's you and your horse. And the guy was like, no, I take my horse up to the mountains during the day, or at night. And then we come back in the morning, we lay down the stones that he carries, and then that's it. We just we just do that. And they're like, okay, as long as you're not up into any trickery, but we're watching you. More time goes by, most of the wall is done. Now they're starting to get a little worried. They're like, okay, this guy has like has to have something helping him. Like Something's going on here. This doesn't make any sense that one man and one horse can complete all of this. So Loki's getting a little scared, like, ugh. Oh shit, maybe I maybe it was a little preemptive in accepting this guy's deal. Almost like 89 days go by and the wall is nearly done. And they're like shit. Shit. Okay. Um we oh, oh crap. We we don't know what we're going to do. They're like freaking out. Freya is pissed and Thor is starting to get pissed off. Odin's pissed off. Loki's scared because everyone's going to fucking kill him and they they just don't know what to do. So, on the last day, this guy has, like, nine bricks left, okay? He goes, he's about to go run up the mountain to get the last little bit of stones. And Odin told Loki, get your ass down there, find a way to stall him, because I am not about to give up the sun, the moon, and Freya's hand. Go fix this. And Loki said, okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. He turns himself into a horse, all right? 
turns himself into a horse and lures the guy's horse away into the woods. And the guy's like trying to get his horse back, but the horse and Loki are gone, right? The guy's like, fuck, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And Thor's like, I don't know. Time's almost up, all right? Like, you better go up there and get the rest of those stones. Otherwise, you'll lose the bet. So the guy treks up the mountain to get the last little bit of stones without his horse, okay? He comes back down. He's about to lay the last little bit of stones. Time is up. He loses the bet with, like, I don't know, just imagine, like, three stones left, right? Talk about a bite in the ass. So he's pissed. He's like, you guys did something to my horse. You guys tricked this. You manipulated it. This is bullshit. And Odin's like, wow, that sucks. Fuck off. <laughs> and like some months later, Loki brings a gift to Odin. A nine-legged horse. I'm going to butcher this name, but I believe it is called Slepnir. Nine-legged horse. And Loki says, hey, Odin, I got you a gift. Here's this horse for you. And Odin's like, where the fuck, ugh, where the hell did this thing come from? And Loki's like, well, you know, I birthed it from that horse that guy had. It fucked me. So I gave birth to this nine-legged monstrosity. And Odin's like, ugh. All right, thanks. So yeah, there's just a few stories for you. I think it's really fun. Um, now to set the record straight on a few things. Odin is not the father of Loki. Not the adopt. No, he's not the adopted father. Thor and Loki are not brothers. Uh, I guess if you want to talk like maybe bonded brothers, brethren or whatever, like brotherhood. Yes, they were both Aesir. So, I mean, I guess you could say that they are kind of like brothers, but they weren't like brothers how they show in MCU. That is, no, that's fake. And I already talked about Thor, how he was a, imagine a power lifter, okay, like Eddie Hall size. Like he was, he was a he was a girthy man who loved his meat and his mead. Now, why was Odin missing one eye? Because he did. He he, you know, only had one eye. Why did this happen? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Odin traveled to the well of Mimir in Jotunheim. Jotunheim was the land of giants. It was one of the nine realms. He traveled to this well and... He wanted to ha- he wanted to seek all knowledge. He wanted to be all knowing almost. He was like, I want I want to know stuff. I want to see things. I want to be able to gain knowledge from everything. Odin was all about learning. He wanted to find truth. He wanted to find stories. He wanted to learn anything and everything that he possibly could. So he went to this well and said, Mimir, what do I need to do to learn? what you know because Mimir wasn't all-knowing he he could see past present future everything like that and Mimir said you have to give something in return something that you could live without and you throw it into my well so Odin took out his eye threw it into the well boom he was the all-father all-knowing now he he was all about wanting to have knowledge and he gained his knowledge by contributing his eye to the well of Mimir so there you go. Um, now, in the MCU movie, it said that Hela was the brother and sister of Thor and Loki and the daughter of Odin. False. Hel, not Hela, Hel was the daughter of Loki and the giantess Angraboda. Loki was basically the Grim Reaper of Ragnarok. He and his spawn were going to bring about Ragnarok, the end of days. So he hooked up with this giantess, Agraboda, and she had three children for him. Jormungandr, the sea serpent, Fenrir, the wolf, and Hel, the goddess. She was beautiful on one side of her face and the other side was skeletal and zombie-like. Loki presented her to Odin and Asgard and said, this is my daughter, Hel. I believe that since she is part Aesir, that she deserves a place among us. So Odin bestowed upon her the underworld and said, you can rule over the underworld. These are your people now. He set her up a nice little palace of you know, whatever she wanted, and said, this is your this is your kingdom. You may rule over all of these people, all of these souls that come down here, but I don't want you up here. You're ugly. He didn't really say that, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like that basic gist. He was, he was a little turned off to the sight of her, so he sent her to the underworld and thought that she might be more comfortable there because he was uncomfortable with her being in Asgard. And she was cool with it. She was like, all right, all right, I can dig this. This is cool. So... Hell was the caretaker of the underworld. And his son Fenrir was a problem because it was foretold for Ragnarok by the fates that Odin was going to be killed by a wolf, by a spawn of Loki, more or less. And once 
he got word that Loki had this son, Fenrir, he got really, really scared and was like, shit, um, I need to try and change, I need to try and fix my fate, I need to try and cheat it. So, he tried to manipulate Fenrir into binding himself within Asgard with to one of the roots of Idrisil, and... He tried fastening steel things around him. He tried presenting it as a game. He was like, hey, Fenrir, I got a little game for you. If you can break these, you know, bindings that I'm going to put on you, then you can be free. Fenrir is like, oh, okay, cool. So we fastened these iron shackles around him. Fenrir broke them. He was like, yeah, hey, that was easy. And he was like, oh, shit. Okay, so Odin fastened uh, some other type of bindings around him. Fenrir, a little bit more difficult eventually broke it and was like hey yeah this is cool you got anything else so odin went to the dwarves and said i need you to make me something that is unbreakable something that cannot be broken by fenrir it needs to be able to hold the biggest of giants and the strongest of people so the dwarf said okay we can do this for you but it doesn't come cheap there are six things that we need you to gather for us we need the footsteps of a cat, the beard of a woman, the roots of a mountain, the sinews of a bear, the breath of a fish, and lastly, the spittle of a bird. This is what we need to make this unbreakable bind that you need to still run rear. Okay, yeah, that sounds simple. Allow me to just go and get footsteps of a cat and the breath of a fish. Like, what the fuck? I mean, but that's that's what's really cool about these stories, you know? I mean... Yes, they are myths. Yes, they are lore, but they are interesting. They are cool. And while some of it, you know, is rather outlandish, like the footsteps of a cat to create a magical binding for a giant wolf, yes, that is a little out there. But it's it's just still really interesting, like to think of these stories actually being shared at one point in time, you know? These are these are stories that people lived by back, you know, before we could even remember, you know, it's just, it's just really cool. And there are lessons from all of these stories too. This one is about, you can't cheat your fate. You know, Odin had these dreams that Loki's children were going to be the biggest foes of Asgard. And he tries to cheat his fate, but it ends up biting him in the ass. So he gets all of these ingredients and he takes this binding before Fenrir and says hey we got one more for you if you can break this then your strength and your renown will be known throughout all of the nine realms promise you then we'll leave you be so Fenrir agrees and they bind him and the harder he pushes against the binding the stronger it becomes and it starts burning him a little bit and he's like oh oh god get this fucking thing off me no I can't do it no I can't break it and Odin said, I'm not taking it off of you. I am binding you because I fear of what you will become. Therefore, I cannot let you go. And Tyr said, no. Tyr was, uh, you know, another god. And he had grown very close to Fenrir. He uh, practically raised him in Asgard while Odin was trying to do all of this stuff. And he grew very close with him. And, uh, so when Fenrir said, no, no, this is, this is some kind of a trick. Like you're, you're trying to trick me. 
tear said, I offer you my hand. Let me put my hand in your mouth. And if it is a trick, then you can take my hand. But I promise you it is not. So he puts his hand in Fenrir's mouth. Odin binds Fenrir. And then Fenrir ends up taking Tyr's hand. Because he realized that it is a trick. So while Odin was trying to cheat fate, he ended up sealing it. Because while he had these dreams that these children were going to be the biggest foes of Asgard, he didn't know that. And he was trying to be proactive to these children. And so, you know, he released Jormungandr into the sea and he ended up circling Midgard and became the sea serpent. He sent Hel to live in the underworld and become queen there. And he thought Fenrir was going to be the death of him, so he binded him, which all it did was just piss Fenrir off even more. And he did end up becoming his enemy because before that, Fenrir was, you know, just minding his own business. You know, he was just chilling out, having a good time. He was... You know, he and Tyr were friends, and no one had a problem with him. But Odin got so wrapped up in trying to cheat fate and that these children were going to be the death of them that he became too consumed by it. And all he did was just seal his fate even more. And it's really upsetting, but you can't cheat fate. So while he thought that he was actually doing that, all he did was just seal the inevitable, you know? And then when Ragnarok happens, which is the end of days, Midgard, most of the population is going to fall. Most of the Aesir are going to die. The Vanir are going to die. The world of gods is just going to collapse and the nine realms will be in hell. So Fenrir breaks his binding. He consumes the moon and the sun. He and Odin do battle and then Odin inevitably falls. Thor goes down to Midgard. He fights the sea serpent and the sea serpent bites him. Thor dies but then thor is avenged by another god who goes and kills jormungandr fenrir is eventually killed but most of the gods that we know of like odin thor tyr all of them they die that was their fate was to die at ragnarok um another interesting story uh one of odin's favorite sons balder he was the most handsome and the most cunning and beautiful person in all the nine realms you know he was odin's favorite wanted to protect him he put a spell around him so that nothing could hurt him the only thing that could hurt him was mistletoe and guess who knew it ding 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 you guessed it loki knew this and loki was jealous of all the attention that balder was getting so he devised a plan in order to get back at balder he traveled to west valhalla and gathered mistletoe he went back to this festivity that they were holding for Balder because, you know, of the spell that they put on him where he couldn't be harmed. Everyone was happy and having a great time. And Blind Hod, who was Balder's brother, was kind of off on his own. And usually Balder made sure to include Hod in any kind of festivities because, you know, it's his brother. He's blind. He can't really see. But he was a very strong and proud god. But he did not like to not be included. And Balder was so excited with everything going on that even he had forgotten Hod. So Loki approached him and said, Hey, what's the matter, buddy? What's going on? And Hod said, Oh, you know, everyone's just having a great time. Balder seems happy. I just, you know, I just wish I could be a part of it is all. And Loki said, Hey, don't worry, champ. I got you. Here. He put the mistletoe in his hand. Now remember, he's blind. He can't see. 
And he's like, here, put this in your hand, and I'll take you over to where Balder is. And then you just throw this at him with all your might. Everyone will have a great time, you know. It'll be like a fun little prank. Just be like, hey, Balder, nah, throw it at him. And, you know, everyone will laugh, and they'll see that even you, Blind Hod, can join in the festivities. All right? Don't worry. We'll, we'll, turn, we'll turn that frown upside down. So he gives him the mistletoe. He takes him over to the party, and he says, now, Hod, there's Balder. Throw it as hard as you can. He throws the mistletoe at Balder, and it kills him in front of everybody. Everyone is just so stunned, and, and Hod's just like, why? What happened? What's wrong with everyone? And Loki... He's like, oh, shit, I didn't really think this one through all the way, did I? Odin strings him up in a cave, naked. He's hanging there, and his torment for all of eternity is to die over and over again from the venom of a viper. So he's hanging there in a cave, and viper venom drips onto his forehead day after day, slowly and surely just killing him and hurting him. And that's it. Loki's eternal punishment for killing Odin's favorite son. Which, I mean, it seems a little weak. I feel like he deserved a little more with the shit that he did. But, you know, can't win them all, right? So that's just some of the stories that comes with Norse mythology. And I mentioned at the beginning, Norse paganism has dawned on the rise. And you may be wondering, what exactly is Norse paganism? Norse paganism is, you know, hearkening back to this religion that Scandinavian people uh, practice back in the early hundreds and before they turned to Christianity in the um, early thousands. So now when you may think of pagan rituals and stuff like that, you may turn to sacrifices and blood and, you know, killing animals and all of that crap. I mean, at the time, yes, they did sacrifice animals and most and it wasn't all the time it was you know sacrifice an animal for the festival of yule they would sacrifice an animal for uh uh you know trying to get a blessing from the gods whatever it may be but the root of all of norse paganism and this is just my opinion i don't know if there are any norse pagans that listen to this podcast and if you do, I would appreciate your insight. I have looked into it. I have been reading some stuff on it, and I really enjoy learning about Norse paganism. I would not call myself a pagan myself, but I do I do read a lot about it, and I, and I do enjoy uh, hearing different aspects about it and talking to people about it because it's just a really interesting thing. Now, the root of it is a more deep connection to nature you know the idea that you can feel the gods around you in nature and that their presence is here you know you can see odin and the crows and the ravens and you can feel thor when you are uh feeling mighty and powerful you know you would call upon his guidance when you were uh in a weightlifting competition or you know whatever it may be or you would call upon frey if you were uh attempting to seek uh, fortune, you would call upon Freya and Frigg for fertility and, um, you know, betterment for the men and women, stuff like that. Um, it's sacrifices now, they're more considered offerings. So if I were to, uh, call upon Thor to grant me strength during, um, 
uh, weightlifting competition or a game of some sorts, I would offer him a uh, an apple and a shot of whiskey. You know, I would just pour the shot of whiskey out and say, in the name of Thor, Skull, guide me. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you, If you were to call to Odin, you know, to help you with a midterm or a final or some kind of a paper, you know, you would offer him a uh, slab of red meat, you know, and you would kind of just like place it on like an altar and also give him a shot of whiskey or like a draft beer or something like that. That is kind of where it is at now. You know, we're not going to go around killing goats and sheep anymore. Just, I mean, you don't have them. Plus it's, it's, it's archaic. Okay. It was more normal back then, but now that's, that's frowned upon and it's, you know, we, you don't do that anymore. But you would just give them offerings, you know, things that you would find that you think that they would appreciate. You know, you would give them fruit, you would give them meat, you would give them drinks, that kind of stuff. And you would place it on an altar if you had like a totem or something like that. You would burn uh, herbs and spices and that kind of stuff to honor them. You know, kind of like smudging with uh, sage and stuff. That That's kind, that's kind of where it's at now. Now, I, I may be wrong in my... Um, telling of what Norse paganism is. If I am, please correct me. I want to know. But this is just what I have read and what I have come to understand. It is trying to find a deeper connection to nature and our surroundings. And, you know, just trying to hearken back to those days of, you know, our ancestors back in Scandinavia and the times that we lived a little bit wilder and depended more on nature and the earth than we do now um that that's just my interpretation of it you know uh it's just one of the beautiful things about uh some religions especially ancient religions you know a lot of it has been lost through time and it hasn't been practiced and now it's kind of gaining gaining a resurgence i saw recently that the first norse pagan temple is opening back in iceland for the first time since you know the Viking age back in the early hundreds and such. So it is gaining surgeons and it is gaining more popularity. And I think that's something that we can respect. Uh, there is also a, uh, religion from the, uh, middle East called Zoroastrianism that was based out of Persia. And there are talks that there is only a little group, like a little village in northern India, are the last people to practice this religion, and that they are talking about converting to, you know, Islam or something like that, and foregoing what their ancestors did back in ancient Persia. And I mean, if that's what they feel that they need to do, then so be it. But I don't, I don't like the idea of these things being lost to history. You know, the, these are things that were carried on through our ancestors and our ancient peoples that I don't think we should be, we should just throw them to the wayside. You may not agree with Norse paganism or Zoroastrianism. You may not even agree with religion whatsoever, but these are things that have been carried from the past to now. And so much has been lost from the past of our world that I don't think that we should forego anything that we have now that, you know, may have existed back then. These are passages from time forgotten that are still alive today and i don't think it's our right to just let them slide back into the history books you know and if there are people that are practicing it then by all means keep practicing it but if you 
do convert, then at least maintain your readings and your scriptures and stuff like that. That's just my historian talking and me. You know, the too much too much has been lost to time, and I think now is when we should start conserving all that we can as far as you know our past. So that's just how I feel about that. Sorry for getting on that soapbox a little bit. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have on Norse paganism and Norse mythology. There's a lot to it. And, you know, there's too much to cover in one podcast. You know, there's so many things, so many stories and details and uh, happenings that I cannot just cover it in one podcast without boring you to death. Uh, you may want to hear that, but... I, I don't I don't want to deliver all of that in one podcast. There's a lot of information. I mean, it's basically like reading the Bible from start to finish. You know, there's <laughs> there's just a lot going on. So yeah, that's all I have on Norse mythology and Norse paganism. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun talking about it and reading up on it and trying to deliver this episode to you. I'm sorry it came a little late. There's another episode that I was working on. We had my daughter's birthday party this weekend, so I was a little tied up in family matters. I'm sure you'd understand. But thank you for coming. I hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review for me, and let me know what you, th how you think I'm doing, what you think I should do next. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. So thank you all for coming, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.